from the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people. Credit Union ideas. Welcome to the CUNA News Podcast. I'm Assistant Editor Brock Fritz, and I spoke with two credit union leaders for this week's podcast covering Black History Month and diversity, equity, and inclusion. First, I spoke with Safe Credit Union Assistant Vice President of Communications and Public Relations, Micah Grant, about telling your own story. What led you into this industry and to Safe Credit Union specifically? Opportunity, right? I've always been interested in advancement and career growth. And when you look at the credit union movement, it's about people helping people, right? So that's very attractive to me. And if there's an opportunity to grow and help people at the same time, even better. Great. So now how do you describe your current role as Assistant Vice President of Communications? I would say as a collaborator, right? I think a lot of managers and leaders, uh, unfortunately, think that because they're the manager or leader, that means they're the smartest person in the room. As you grow older, you start to find that a, a real leader is about connecting people and being a servant leader, right? And so in my role, I try to be a servant leader and make sure that the people around me are, are successful. What have you found is the best way to create a collaborative culture and to communicate with people? I would say authenticity and really spending time with the people that you're working with. That authenticity can't be faked. And um, the more you gear yourself towards altruism, I think is the better you'll find your relationships and your your work-life balance. Have credit unions and financial services always been your interest? No, I come from uh, the political arena in the evenings. I'm actually an elected trustee on the school board here in Sacramento, uh, Natomas Unified School District. And so this was, a, this was a career shift for me. But at the base of it, I think things are the same, right? If you're a public servant, you're a servant, right? If you are in the financial services industry, it, I mean, it's your job to help people and connect them to things that are going to help them enjoy life and uh, set them up generationally. And so uh, I find there's a lot of overlap between those two professions. And um, it's a real sweet spot for me, and I enjoy it. So what's the overall message you try to get across about credit unions and how they can help people? The focus on people, right? And being service-oriented. We would say SAFE does a lot in the philanthropic area. Our company promotes volunteerism. Those are core values for our company that I think everyone embraces. What does Black History Month mean to you? Well, Black History Month for me is a time where Black people can share their culture and their history in a way that resonates with them, right? It's, it's about taking control of that history and telling a different tale, right? Uh, I think a lot of Black Americans in this country have had that story told for them, right? And um, ideally, we wouldn't need Black History Month. I mean, that's just me. Um, and I certainly support the, the mission and the efforts behind it, but it is a chance, right? And what I would say is that earlier in my work career, I would say diversity was not something that was necessarily at the forefront when I first started. I would say as a Black American, you had to navigate corporate structure or political structure very delicately. And you had to find a way to be an advocate for diversity and expanded outreach into certain communities. 
but you'd have to do so effectively, right? And living with that, uh, what W.E.B. Du Bois would describe as double consciousness, which I think is a gift. I think double consciousness is a gift. But living with that, I think it's made me more valuable and also made me more effective. But now that diversity is at the forefront, I think it's a, a tremendous opportunity. Was there ever a time in your professional career where you started to feel the focus on diversity shift a little bit and be more in the forefront? Yeah, I would say um, with uh, Barack Obama's election, even though we share different political persuasion, uh, there was a definite magnitude and sea of change that I think for a lot of Black Americans to see what is possible, what is possible in this country, right? You know, I would hear it growing up, like we would never see a Black president. I'd hear that you know, 20 plus years. And when it happened, it showed that there's no cap to our achievement. And so it was really groundbreaking. And then I saw uh, more of an embrace on a corporate and political level of ideas that had been floating around in communities for decades. Right. Yeah. Does SAFE have any plans to recognize Black History Month? Yeah. So SAFE, uh, we have internally ERG groups, employee resource groups. We let the ERGs, and we think it's appropriate, dictate the pace uh, of celebration and how it should be celebrated. So our, our executive team is fully in support of these ERGs. And um, it's really a mutual learning opportunity for uh, folks who want to get some insight to certain communities and, and also be able to share, share the message of uh, what's being promoted. Why is it important for companies to recognize this month and other days like it throughout the year? Well, I think diversity is a strength, right? I mean, there's certainly a compelling business reason why diversity makes sense. But just from an altruistic standpoint, I think if people go to work and they feel that they're represented um, and they feel that there's an altruistic effort and attempt to understand them, people will give freely and work harder and, and be happier. And that's ultimately what Safe Credit Union wants and anyone on our executive team would hope for. You have several roles outside the credit union. Uh, what do you do at Natomas Unified School District? And then what's your role with California Black Media? Yes, yeah, so I am board president this year of Natomas Unified School District. So uh, school boards have oversight over all the schools in the area, uh, charter schools and our traditional public schools. Uh, we set direction for the entire district, uh, including curriculum, budget, programming. We focus on ensuring that kids are college and career ready. That's really what the oversight of a school district is. In terms of California Black Media, uh, it's a nonprofit network. We're kind of like the Associated Press for Black newspapers. We connect all of the Black outlets throughout the state. We provide them content and do news reporting in the way that's connected to the capital and, uh, you know, in terms of things that are legislatively important. And that's really important because we want to share with uh, Black Americans in California what's happening in, at the local, state, and federal level. And that news reporting always hasn't been strong, and that's the gap that we fill. What do you enjoy outside of work? My wife and I, we're avid gamers, actually. We are hardcore on the Xbox Series X. Uh, we have a little daughter. She plays with us now. Uh, I'm into competitive shooting and exercising. I like to run, play basketball, those sorts of things. And what's the best vacation you've been on? This may sound trivial, but... I love going to Six Flags in Valencia with my wife and daughter, man. It's just so much fun. You can't have a bad day at Magic Mountain. 
Next, I spoke with Neighborhood Credit Union Chief Growth Officer Carolyn Jordan about how DEI and the credit union industry have changed through her 42-year career. So just to get started and give an idea of who you are and how you got involved in this industry, what led you to credit unions? What led me to the credit union industry? Well, you know, that's an interesting story. My high school vocational office education teacher, BOE is what we called it back in the day, was a grade school friend of our then CEO, Calvin Phillips. And he was looking for someone to fill an entry level position at the credit union. At that time, we were Dallas Postal Employees Credit Union. He specifically asked for someone that was looking to build their career. And so she thought of me and referred me. Now, A week earlier, she had also sent me on a referral to First National Bank of Dallas. That's now Bank of America, of course. And I decided to choose the credit union because she felt like that I could really learn from Calvin. And she really did feel like I could build a career at the credit union, that that would be best for me. So I I scheduled an interview. I was 18 at the time, had been out of high school for almost a year, had a one-year-old that I had to feed and take care of, my son, Derek. Didn't know a thing about credit unions. She told me it was kind of sort of like a bank. But you know what really kind of resonated to me at that particular time? I did remember that credit unions were the place where my dad would go and get his loans. He had a credit union at his place of employment. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe that's just a place where you get loans. But then I learned once I got to the credit union, I learned about the philosophy, the mission. At that particular time, we we had a class that we sent employees to to learn about credit unions. And I was just hooked. I started out, I was going to work here five years and then go on and do something else. And of course, uh, 40 some odd years later, here I am. And I've just been able to, to have a wonderful career here at the credit union and actually do a lot of things that I was interested in. I, I kind of like teaching. I, I worked for the ISD at where I graduated from. Actually, the my teacher I mentioned Her husband was the superintendent of school. So I get to do a little teaching, do a little coaching, and most importantly, help members be financially successful. Great. Yeah, that's an interesting background and obviously a long history with credit unions. So what would you say they mean to you? You know, credit unions are really, I like to call it my life's work. Obviously, it's the foundation of a career that I'm really proud of and, and that I love. But, you know, credit unions, to me, are a organization that I think that can really, really help the everyday man and woman. They're valuable for everyone, but I especially see credit unions being vital in communities of color. And that's because of their accessibility, affordability, and the focus on financial education and saving. I think about it when I think about what credit unions mean to me. And you know, there was a reason why my father was always able to get his loans from a credit union instead of a bank. I really feel like that credit unions are uniquely positioned to help African-Americans and other people of color build wealth. And I think that this form of financial inclusion is really critical to the continued success of our country. So, you know, when I think about what credit unions mean to me, they're vital. They're vital to our country. They're vital, obviously, to communities of color. And I, I think when we talk about the middle class, credit unions are a critical path in helping the middle class be financially successful as well. And then, yeah, you've had a lot of roles over the years. How would you describe your current position and what are your priorities within that role? So I recently became the chief growth officer for Neighborhood Credit Union. I was formerly the senior vice president of remote services and member development. 
In this new role, I'm responsible for our digital online and mobile channel, data analytics, special projects, new product development, and the marketing area also reports up to me, all areas that drive growth at the credit union. My priorities in this new role are to continue our quest and transformation toward being a digital credit union. I want to make sure we accelerate the use of data analytics in our decision-making, in our projects, and in marketing. I think data analytics is something that credit unions really can harness and, and leverage in today's environment to increase relevancy. And I want to ensure that we have the ideal product mix that's going to allow us to remain relevant to our members and to the Texas market. You know, a focus on digital really allows us to reach more people. We're building and opening branches, and we're going to continue to do so in the foreseeable future. But I think to reach that common everyday man and woman who really need us, that need credit unions, the online and mobile channel is really the path forward. So I really want to make sure that we're doing everything we can do to have the best digital experience and be able to help the largest amount of members and potential members. Also here at the credit union, I, I lead the legislative advocacy efforts and advocacy for credit unions, I think is more important than ever in our current political environment. So I'll be in DC uh, along with some other credit unions next week to advocate and, and make sure that we're, we're doing everything with our legislators to do the best for our members. So then asking you to think back along the path, I guess, what are some qualities that you think were key to you rising through the credit union and to the level of chief growth officer? I think probably my curiosity. I'm very curious. I have a thirst for knowledge, love to learn. I'm goal-oriented, forward-looking, and I really have an interest in growing people. And I think probably also my willingness to embrace and drive change. I like to shake it up. You know, being curious helps to prevent anyone from getting stuck in the status quo. And I think in today's environment, that's really important. And I think uh, my curiosity also has driven my desire for, for learning. I am a lifelong learner, and I think that's aided me in my path through leadership. During my time here at Neighborhood, I've earned my associate degree, my bachelor's degree, and most recently last year, my master's degree. You know, I like to look out across the horizon and, and kind of consider what's next for credit unions and financial services. And um, I think that keeps us, you know, hopefully on the on the cutting edge. I like to set goals for myself, both personally and professionally. And I think through working through these goals, it helps me refine my focus because I want to achieve what I set out for myself. And then lastly, I think, you know, growing and developing employees has allowed me to be successful. It, it also allows me to tap into my inner teacher. That's you know a job I had in my beginning years. And it also allows me to be able to prepare the next generation coming after me. I think that's really important as well. I think all those qualities have helped me in my path to getting to senior leadership. And you mentioned preparing the next generation. How would you sum up your style of leadership? I'm a coaching and teaching leader. You know, over the years, I've learned that you have to adapt and tailor your approach to the situation at hand and also to the strengths and opportunities of the individual. I'm a fan of the situational leadership model, and that's a model that employs styles of directing, coaching, supporting, and delegating. 
you kind of have to be able to flip through those particular styles. I think that with the variety of age groups and generations that we have in the workplace right now, there's just a multitude of needs of each of these groups that one static style of leadership doesn't always seem to address. So I tend to lean toward coaching and teaching, but I like to flip those styles around according to the person that I am coaching and leading and making sure that I'm making that complementary to where they are in their particular position in their particular career at the time. So switching gears a little bit, February is wrapping up and it's Black History Month. What does that month mean to you? You know, Brock, for me, Black History Month is a time to teach and reflect on the contributions and sacrifices you know, made by Blacks and African-Americans to this country and really to the world. But, you know, it's more than just a month-long celebration. For me, African-American history is American history. It's our shared history for all Americans. And I think that is something that should be taught, learned, and really celebrated all year. I really love to see how some organizations are using the month of February as a jumping off point to educate others on Black history every month and all year, because Black History Month really is every day. You know, I like to think back to a quote that President Barack Obama said in a 2016 speech. You know, he said that Black History Month shouldn't be treated as though it's somehow separate from our collective history because it is our history. It's about the lived, shared experiences of all African-Americans and how those experiences have shaped and challenged and ultimately strengthened America. And I guess, you know, that last sentence kind of wraps it up for me. You know, Black History Month does highlight those experiences that have shaped us, that have challenged us, and that have strengthened America and all Americans. Sure. And then why is it important to recognize months and days like this or Women's History Month or any other day like this? I think that it helps us learn about each other. It helps us to understand each other better. And it fosters that sense of togetherness and an inclusion that you know really wraps into employees and members. These days help us see a perspective that maybe we don't consider day to day. And when we celebrate these days, you know, we can all come together and learn some new things. So it is, it's important for inclusion and togetherness. And I think it's great that we do celebrate all the particular special days of different cultures and ethnicities. And it's an ongoing process. So how have workplace DEI efforts changed through what you've seen in your professional career? That's interesting because, you know, in the early days of my career, I've been here at the credit union 42 years. I have to say that there wasn't much diversity overall in the credit union movement in in the early years. For instance, you know, I was the first and only Black for several credit union boards and committees that I served on in the early 2000s. But it's really fabulous to see that changing now. And and I've noticed it, you know, for several years. It's really exciting to see partnerships and collaboration for CUNA with organizations like the African-American Credit Union Coalition and also Inclusive. Some of these organizations really do drive those efforts. Especially thrilled to see more Black women, men, and people of color being chosen for CEOs and, and other top executive spots. You know, also... The trend of having vice presidents and officers that are directly responsible for diversity, equity, and inclusion 
reflects a real deliberate and strategic focus on these efforts. And that's important. That's really important. And I think studies have shown that when, you know, we do embrace DEI, that is uh, a direct contribution to the bottom line. I'm pleased to see all of the concerted efforts uh, definitely have changed over the years that I've been in the movement. And uh, I love to see the diverse faces in that next generation of leaders. Great. Yeah, that's hopefully a lot of good work going on. And then kind of shifting gears again and just getting a little bit of a better idea of who you are and everything. Want to just uh, explain some things you like to do outside of work? Well, I love spending time with my family. I, I mentioned that son that you know, I had to take care of when I got that job 40 some odd years ago. He's 43 now. He's married. I'm not a grandmother yet. I'm hoping soon. <laughs> love family. I'm also a avid reader and walker. I've walked several half marathons, the most recent one being in 2018. The pandemic is, is kind of, you know, affected all of that, but you know, we'll get back to that. And I love to travel. That's something I have really missed during the pandemic. Fortunately, I I did have an opportunity to make a trip out of the country right before the pandemic, but I'm also hoping to get back to traveling. And then, you know, I'm a doggy mom, an advocate for pit bulls, with my favorite one being my pity mix, Tabitha. So that's, you know, kind of a little bit what I like to do on the personal side. Yeah. So you mentioned you're a big reader. Uh, What kind of books are you currently reading or have read recently that stuck out? Well, a few books, actually, that I want to read, and I'm, I'm getting back to reading what I really want to read since I finished that master's degree last year. But uh, I'm reading uh, A Team of Rivals, The Political Genius of Abraham Lincoln, Doris Kearns Goodwin. I'm a fan of hers. And uh, A Promised Land by Barack Obama. I read Michelle's book, so now i got to read Barack's book. And I'm also reading Harlem Shuffle by Colson Whitehead. And the probably laugh at this one. I'm reading Wheel by Will Smith. I, I love Will Smith. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I got to learn a little bit more about him. So that's kind of what's on my list uh, right now. Okay. And then we're still early on in 2022. Any New Year's resolutions for this year? Well, you know, I stopped making New Year's resolutions quite some time ago. And what I do instead is choose a theme for the year. And then I establish maybe three priorities that I want to focus on because any more than three, I can't get them done. And that's the thing with New Year's resolutions, you often can't get those done. My theme for 2022 is grow and flourish. And uh, my three priorities are to make a noticeable impact in my new role as chief growth officer here at the credit union. And then to catch up on some of those books that I want to read that I had mentioned earlier. And then the last one, I mentioned that I'd like to walk half marathons. And so since it's been a while, I'm going to train for another one this year and walk it on Kauai, which is my favorite island in in Hawaii. And this will actually be my fourth time to walk that marathon or half marathon, rather. I've done it three times before. So this will be my fourth time to walk that half marathon. And maybe that will also satisfy some of that travel lust that I've missed during the pandemic. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio.